Are you on the RCR mailing list? Never miss a beat of the news and hard-hitting stories you've come to know and love. Stay in the loop. Visit realitycheck.radio forward slash email. RCR with Paul Brennan. Reality Check Radio. Well, it's one year on from Cyclone Gabriel, and we've talked quite a bit about that in 2023 with various people, including our next guest, who's back with us, and that's Louise Parsons. And Louise, great to have you back. Happy New Year, and I hope everything's no, 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 like weather catastrophes yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> Not yet, no, because we had a bit of rain, but... Um, and you've had an earthquake. Yeah. You had an earthquake, right? Oh, did we? <laughs> I'm hard. I'm well hard now. <laughs> well, if it doesn't hit six, I'm not interested. Put it that yeah, way. Um, it was five point two. So yeah. yeah, didn't quite get there. Okay, so um, the two times we've talked, and we, we've got to point out that uh, you were in the flood zone, but you weren't flooded, right? Um, I live in Eskdale, so I live on the beachfront in North yeah. Shore Road, and so because we're a bit higher um, up. Uh, you know, we're elevated. Yeah. Um, I woke up on the morning of the cyclone and, in fact, I woke up on my own because we weren't evacuated and that's a very, very big right. point. Yeah. And I looked out the window because I could hear helicopters and they were rescuing people. Um, so behind me is Pahutakawa Drive, which was completely underwater, yeah. um, just down from Pampak. Um, North Shore Road coming right. up to the beach was completely underwater. That's the so timber In the heart of it, but yeah. we were very, very lucky. Okay. Yes, that that's that's the first thing, the the um, no call to evacuate. Yet yeah. they were out and about evacuating people, so they knew. Um, or was those like an they were out initiative? and about evacuating people, but it was a little bit too late. Um, yeah, okay. So they knew, they knew, and, and I'm that's all I'm going to say. They knew, and it's been outed. We've seen the emails. They chose not to. Why? There are people that have died and there are people that were sitting on their roofs, absolutely traumatised, pets lost. We, we, you know, I don't even want to talk about property. Well, no, no, but, but, but I mean, this sort of willful neglect comes up quite a bit across all sorts of areas. We've yep. sort of worked that one out over 2023. Hmm. If you know, why would you not do? You tell me. It's, it's difficult. I mean, to understand it, it, that. It is very difficult, and I don't know. I do know that um, Ian McDonald, who is the civil defence manager, who was in charge of all this, carried on with the holiday that he had planned when I was tramping with his family. Tramping? Okay. Tramping. He, he, and he knew. He knew. Um, they tried to downplay um, the categories. They didn't want people to panic. They had a 50-50, they had all the data in front of them. And I, 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 for the life of me, I don't know. I don't think there was anybody there to make a call. I don't, I don't know. And I'm struggling to work it out because so many of the, I mean, six years ago, Labor came in power and they decided in their wisdom that what they would do was instead of having everything, um, led from the community when it comes to natural disasters. Which is the obvious way of doing it. Oh, absolutely, because I tell you what, the people of the East Valley know the East Valley um, uh, and all the other communities, of course. 
And um, there were some heroes of the community that had, they had flood plans, they had, you know, it was done, it was working. And Labour came into government and they changed it, made people redundant, made heroes redundant, and a lot of people left, and this is what we were left with. So do you, do you think do you think it was sort of like um, it's probably maybe in their DNA to always want to centralise yeah. things into a small until 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 yeah. they have to pay money okay. and so what they did instead of like Christchurch that it was government funded they said it's going to be locally led because that's going to work way better so the councils are doing this I'm not allowed to swear on radio am I the council are doing this shit show. And they aren't they aren't up to it. They have no experience doing this. But, and I'm talking about now the buyout and all of that stuff. So the, the Labor government went 50-50 and said, you council, you know, we'll, we'll locally lead this because they now they don't have to pay for it. It comes out of the rate pays. Okay, saddle up mm. yeah, more debt on the rate pays. And yes, so then that. you've got what a um, – and we'll get to the other stuff in just a moment, but this always yeah. interests me. People have to hear it. Then you've got a small group of people who kind of move in and monopolize the control of the newly organized entity. And I'm picking that there are a lot of same old names kind of coming you around. you mean the um, buyout process? Or? Well, no, who ends up running it? You know, where, where, where it gets to a guy who's out doing its tramping trip. You know, and <laughs> doesn't want yeah. to be bothered. I, I don't know what that is, but but uh, I guess he's still got his job. He's well, still this is what I was job. driving to. It's you don't have to perform at all, huh. and these jobs pay pretty well. So, hey, let's just imagine. Club, right? Let's just imagine it was a business that was neglectful like this. What do you think would happen? To well, be through the courts, dragged through the courts, dragged through the courts, and find out of existence. Money. This guy's still got his job. It defies okay. belief, and they are doing a review. At least they're doing that, and I believe that's going really well. That's the review of the civil defence, and I can't wait for that to come out. So we can rely, you know, can you rely on the transparency and honesty of that process if people have uh, got well, the butts well, to cover? Well, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, okay. And I believe, I mean, from what I've heard from the people that were um, able to submit and speak, especially the people that are bereaved, um, I believe it was done very respectfully. And um, have there been any apologies, Louise? No. What, no, what no. are they apologising apologize for? Well, you know the people who died. Why would they apologise? I don't think they've done anything wrong. That's incredible. Okay, so a year on, where are we now? Apart from um, what we're well, just this is the interesting part because what's happened is the Hawkes Bay Regional Council. As I said, it was centralized. It was uh, regionalized. Yeah, we've got a, a Hawke's Bay Regional Council. Who remember they run civil defence, so they have been tasked with the job of deeming our futures of where we can live and we can't live. And so they've come up with this weird system, and we've got a lot of people that are in category three. Can, can category I just say something here already? Um, yeah. Is that is at arm's length enough? Because haven't the council ultimately got a vested interest in managing this. It's not like someone's, you know, from the outside looking in and saying, okay, you're going to do this, 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 and, and without any baggage, right? Without any possible conflicts of interest. We have to um, assume ultimate trust here. 
Well, the guy that's been in charge of it for the last, I don't know how long he's been there now, but I've seen three CEOs change in the year that the Cyclones. Three. Three. So we had James Palmer. He, he's moved on to Wellington. That was before the Cyclone. So there have been two interims. I think a henchman was sent in at one stage to, you know, to shut us all up. Um, and then Nick Pete is the CEO. Now he's just, he's playing God. His, what he's doing is he's saying these areas are red zoned and there's no, and what we were promised at start was that we would get the council visit every single home that is affected as a red zoned home. Yeah. To make sure it's red zoned because if you're in a red zone as an area, but you didn't get flooded, of course you're not red zoned. You're yeah. going to go into category. Oh, let me change the terminology. It's not red zoned anymore. It's category three. Category three oh, okay. means you can't live there. Category right. two means remedial stuff. Category one yeah. means you're good as gold. And I'm in category because we didn't get flooded. So, yeah. so that was the first thing. And so we were all going through that process. Not one person got a visit because, of course, they weren't resourced to do that. Um, you so mean they didn't have now, a few, like three or four or five people who could on a roster. Well, I think right. they just promised it and then realised that it was so unachievable. This is what's been happening the whole time. They yeah. promise things and then they don't deliver on it because they don't yeah. have the resources or the brains. But they ha- they're happy to promise it, though. They're happy to – they've made lots and lots of promises. Here's another promise. They promised there would be no demolition costs if you did voluntary buyout. Right. Now, let's use that word voluntary. There's nothing voluntary about this. No, because they've got Voluntary a gun to your head, don't they? There's a gun to the head. At 100% yeah. there's a gun. You sign it, but I've got a gun to your head because if you don't take this, we're not going to give you a consent to fix your property, you're not going to get services, and you're certainly not going to get any insurance. Wow, yeah. Wow, and there's people choosing to do that. Now, we've got in Tongoyo, we've got a subdivision that the regional council approved, and that's now Cat 3. They all have to move on. There's one guy up there. His house is brand new. The flood came up to his steps. He has now got Category 3. No one's visited him. Yeah, so and he's just Nick, a tick, Nick, convenient tick. Nick Pete has refused to change the category because they know that they've, they've stuffed up by even giving permission for those people to subdivide. This is what I mean about having an independent um, kind of look at it where no one's vested with any, you know, um, reputational – saving locally and um, having to explain promises that have been broken, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, you feel like you're living in a bloody, um, uh, you know, socialist, well, I think communist. We are. we are, we are. Well, we were. Uh, Hopefully I, they got the memo on the change of government, but maybe not yet. No, they haven't got that memo. That's another interesting thing. Um, so anyway, the category three came about, and there was there were different criteria. There were about five criteria. I can't remember all of them, but we've got it somewhere. Things like how fast the water flowed, how deep did it go, you know, all of those things. But the one that Nick Pete stood up in a council meeting and said, "This all I'm going to regard is intolerable risk to life." And okay, that's well that's a pretty phrase. high bar. That's a high but, bar. Well, intolerable risk to life. Now, I live in a tsunami zone. Yep. I'm not Catherine. It's an intolerable risk to life. We live in nature. That's an earthquake zone. We're on a, like, you know, fault line. That's an intolerable risk. Getting out of bed in the morning could be an intolerable Getting out of bed in the morning. Now, 
intolerable risk to life means you can't have your land anymore or any choices. But who put us at risk? Who yeah. didn't evacuate anybody? Yeah. The regional yeah. council. It's, it's a bit that's rich, the only reason we were at an intolerable risk to life. Yeah. And that's what gets my blood boiling because I think if they had blood warning systems in that word, but that yeah, that worked. Our little neighbour who died, she'd be alive. Other people that I've met that lost loved ones, they would be alive because they wouldn't have been there. We so can't they couldn't stop even the make sure that their equipment was working. They couldn't even get to that. The only people that like the, the equipment that did work was Dan Gale, who's got Eastdale Holiday Park, and he evacuated everybody. Yeah, no, we talked to Dan about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you'd know Dan. Dan is my buddy, yeah. um, bloody legend. Again, a community person. He knows River. He, he you know, as here's the irony, as part of his consent to own that campground, he has to have an early warning blood system. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the one that worked. You know, so he was yeah. on the emails. He knows that that information was there, and they chose not to evacuate. And as I, if I remember it rightly, when the bridge level telemetry went, mm -hmm. that's obvious that something there's been an event, something's mm -hmm. happened, somebody's taken that out, exactly. and even that yeah. wasn't enough. enough no, it to get was, nothing was enough. And attention. you know, there's several people in the community that were trying to warn um, civil defence, and that was before all the um, the tell, you know, the communications went down. They were bringing them. They weren't yeah. getting answered, you know. So um, that's why I call it a shit show because yeah. um, they should have protected us and they didn't. So that's fine. Okay, we, I'll never get over that. But then to use that against us, yeah. So that, so that we mortal... put you in an intolerant risk to life, and yeah. now we're going to use that to make sure that we can. So so next part of this play act will be that you're all you're all you all have this risk. So sorry. Hmm. But there's so many inconsistencies with it. Um, so, as I said, Pahutikawa Drive, they've now been granted to A or C, I can't remember which one it is, because there's mitigation going to happen. Oh. So they're now rebuilding. Now, that mitigation is happening, but it probably won't happen for a year or two. So when, when we talk about mitigation, is that like a cosmetic thing or this no, is it's, sorry, blood it's, walls um, and things like it's that? It's mitigation to like stop banks, um, making yeah. sure the river's flowing in the right place. We live near Pampak Forestry, and they've been amazing because they paid for engineers and experts to come out and independent, I might add. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the, well, they don't know, want to be paying for anything that they shouldn't be. That's that's what business is. Absolutely. Um, they don't want to own the mitigation either, so the council are going to own that. So so my neighbours have been granted you know, the rights to rebuild, which is absolutely fantastic. I can hear hammers outside today, and it just fills oh, my heart. It's better yeah. than music. Yeah. Um, now across the road on State Highway Two, they're all they're all Category Three. They were just as flooded as my neighbours. But no they mitigation. They didn't lose any lives. We did. Yeah. And they. So, had to so if they choose to mitigate, suddenly you're bounced into another. Yeah. Again, it comes down to them again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And there's some houses that weren't flooded, and they're Category Three just because Nick put a a blanket over the region and said, right, that's category three. There's instances where um, it, it, on one side of an orchard is category three, but if you just go over one step, 
it's kid everyone. It's, it's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous, and it's okay. like that everywhere. It, it, it's it, it's a uh, sort of like it's very technical, isn't it? It's um, a technocrat sort of way of doing things. Yeah. Um, this this person, Mister Peak, is it? Nick? Doctor Nick Peak. Oh, doctor. I'm oh, gonna say God. doctor because that's stand how back, do. stand back. Stand back. Um, is he a local? No. So where's he parachuted in from? Do we know? I don't know. Don't know. So no, no concept of the history of the place. He wouldn't have the... a clue. He, he wouldn't have a clue. And I don't even know if he's been out there to have a look. Like an interchangeable. He is engaging part. now with some people, but um, it's like like you said, we're one year on. Yeah. Um, if it's so intolerable and such a risk to life, yeah, you, you leave. Yeah. Okay. Where we where's the blood warning system? Where well, you know, it? it's not about that. We, we can probably safely say that. <laughs> what, what about people who might have to um, – is there something that, that you have to contribute to your demolition? I mean, what, what's, yeah, what, yeah, what's yeah. all that yeah. about? So this was sprung on us, um, and as usual, done under the cloak of um, deceit. We found out that the council were having a special meeting – the buyout team have done a amendment to the buyout agreement. Okay. Um, so Dan got hold of it and realised that what it means is that if you're un, uninsured, you will have to pay your own demolition. If you or contribute, sorry, contribute. So it's not the full amount, but it's significant. It's twenty to fifty thousand dollars. No, um, not many people have that lying around. Well, not many people that haven't been flooded have got that line around. Remember, yeah. these people have lost everything. So, so, the, so that what they had is valueless pretty well now, anyway. Well, if, if it's for demo, right? It's for demo. Now, remember, it's for demo because it's in category three. Some of them are brand new houses. Some of them will be able to be re rehomed, and apparently the house owner is allowed to do that. But again, why? Why should they? They've been forced off their land. And now they've been forced to pay demolition cost. And the reason is because the council have got it in their head that people are overinsured and they are actually winning out of all of this. And, and why should the ratepayers have to put a bill for demolition when they've already been paid out for that in their insurance? It's utter BS because they what, haven't what, been. What, wouldn't the fair thing be to, okay, people who are insured, fair enough, mm-hmm. pay for that, but people who aren't, that's where the community comes in and says we're a community, and they and and you pick up you do a bit of heavy lifting. No, I actually don't. I don't agree with that. Um, I don't think anyone should pay for this. They've been through enough, you know. Yeah. Equity and and the the policy says we have to act in an equal equitable way, and they're not because they're saying if you're overinsured, you put the bill. If you and, and so and people don't understand how insurance works. And so you've got you've got um, the council who have market value, so your GV, if you like. And a lot of people don't understand GV, but your GV is what the council deem your house is worth. So you've got yeah. land and then you've got improvements. So say you're insured for – I'll give you an example of a, a, a guy I know. He's insured, right? He's He's got this house that was built like a you-know-what, and it, it survived the flood. He wanted to rebuild. His insurance – they come and assess it and they say, actually, this is repairable. So we're going to pay you this amount uh, to repair yeah. it. Not, not full you, replacement, no. No. When you repair it, you don't have to pay demolition. You don't get demolition because you're not demolishing yeah. the house. Yeah. You're repairing it. And then you're told, actually, 
you can't repair it because you're in category three, you're not allowed to live there. So there's a person that is overinsured. Right. Crap. Gotcha. Hmm. Crap. And then you've got the people that are insured and have been paid demolition. Now, remembering the council said, you don't have to demolish these houses, we're going to do it. They've just changed the, the they've changed the, um, the goalpost at the very last minute. And the interest, and I'll explain that um, example in a second, but the interesting thing is that no one knew about this and the council were going to vote on it because they received the report in the holidays as well. So they haven't even had time to read it. And in fairness, the mayor has deferred it. And quite ironically, she's deferred it to the end of February because they okay. suddenly realised, oh, shit, we've got the... Yeah, but if, if, if people hadn't said anything, I, I take it would have gone... Would have gone through. Because you made it. Because, a, a, and the reason it would have yeah. gone through is because there's a clause in the policy that says we do not have to consult with the community if it's not significant. <laughs> and they're saying not it's significant. not significant. Oh, now, dear. as Dan Gale pointed out, because we got speaking rights at the meeting, he was unbelievably brilliant, as he is. And he said, We in our community have lost everything lives, livelihoods, houses, way of life. We'll never have like for life again because we've been forced off our land. And that's the key. They'll never have like for like again, no matter how much insurance you've got. And he said, We find it significant. Now, yeah, if they have no compassion, that's fine. But on the other side, it, this is a $2 million cost to the ratepayer. I would have thought that's pretty significant. So that's why the cloak of darkness happened, because they said it's not significant. And they also said the guy that's on the buyout, the ones that were doing the actual amendment that, that came up with this trash, is um, sat there and lied in the meeting, saying, we've consulted, we've told the community this is happening, We've been to see people. Connectors have gone out and seen people. No one knows about this. This has been a king hit to our community. You can't, it, it just sounds like you can't trust these people. I, I, and you know what? I think this is the haves and the have nots. They are saying, I mean, some of the councillors spoke so beautifully and they get it. They get it and they, they support our community. Yeah. Our, our councillor, Tanya Kerr, she's our councillor and the deputy mayor. She didn't support it. Sorry, she supported it. She wants the amendment. Yeah. And what they're doing, I think they want to be re-elected, is that they're saying, well, we've got a responsibility to all the ratepayers. So instead of spreading this debt, or trying to find another way to pay for it, like give it back to the government, ask Red Cross for the money. They've still got three and a half million sitting there. It was yeah. donated to our community. Ask them for it. Um, you know, it's not rocket science to come up with these solutions. Well, it's small um, be so at the central saying, government. Well, we've got a new couple of mil, three mil, whatever. But um, they've said, they've said, well, we need to, you know, I don't know how many ratepayers are, thousands. Instead of spreading it over there, which would be insignificant, they've said this this group of probably eighty to ninety affected property owners who have lost everything, who are right now sitting on an edge. Yeah, and this could tip them over, and I'm not, and I'm not saying that lightly. Right. I've had many, many emails from people saying, "Thank you for supporting us. We're broken. We're broken." Um, oh because of this and the rest of the things that are going on. So instead of spreading load, they're going to say that 80, 90 percent. You're going to foot the bill. You're going to help foot this two million dollar down there um, bill. 
I think where it goes wrong is that they sit in their ivory tower and they don't actually see the real people in the real stories. And, and but, but, but you should even be aware that you might be in that situation. I am sitting in an ivory tower. Uh, message to self. Don't ever think you're, you know, in an ivory tower looking down on things. You you know why you're here. Remember that. Mm -hmm. Don't forget that. I mean, you could tell that you could tell yourself that every day. Mm -hmm. But they don't. Well, and the I mean, one of the councillors, the chair, she said, you know, I've got I've got people that have come to me for help. And it's a generational family who all live in a flood zone that had been wiped out. And they cannot move on because the insurance is never going to let them. So they've pulled all their insurance money together to have one loan. And she still voted for this amendment because the reason they want this to happen is so that the uh, they think that we're they think that people are taking the piss with the insurance. These people don't even know how to do that. That they're they're holding on with their fingertips, trying to just survive. They wouldn't even know how to double dip. You know, and this is going to push people financially over the edge. We're going to see some pretty horrific things happening, I think. And that's what I've warned the council about. I've just said, please, 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 is $2 million worth a death on your conscience? Is $2 million worth more serious health issues? Is it worth suicides? Because that's what our community has been faced with. And the other point is we've talked about 2W. So when, when before the election, when they were all trying to get our votes. We gave them loads of platforms to do that, right? Yeah, Me as yeah. a as an advocate um, or a shitster, if you want to call it. <laughs> and so we had public meetings about the looting that's going on. We had public meetings about what's your policy in case this happens again. There was some really good stuff that came out of it from our coalition. So ACT were amazing. They said, you know, it shouldn't be business as usual when there's a natural disaster. We should, you know, get rid of those stupid health and safety things and, and so that people can get out there and rally around. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's sensible. Um, national, uh, nationals, oh, New Zealand first, Winnie, he said the defence force should have been brought in because I asked a question at the at one of his yeah. meetings. He said, yep, we should have absolutely have brought the defence force in. And Chris Penn said we should have a 2W category, which means say you're in category three right now, but you want to stay. And yeah. there are a lot of people in the Valley that want to stay. Yep. Why can't you have a 2W, which means... It's Category 2, you're in a flood zone, but you've got an early warning system. So yep. you're no longer an intolerable risk to life situation. Logical. Well, now we're asking, it's, here's the dumb thing. I'm a national supporter, I have to be honest. But the dumb thing is that Chris Pink was not made the cyclone recovery minister. And he knows more than anybody what we've been going through because he's been here before the election. Okay, so that's not Lobbying. a good thing. You know, blocks, and now yeah. and now Mark Mitchell is the cyclone recovery. Radio silence. I've tried to get a meeting with him. I got lots of responses when I had a platform for him to come and spiel, but now I'm trying to say <laughs> yeah. we need an urgent meeting. We need an urgent meeting. I haven't yeah. even had a response. And he's going, what category 2W? I don't remember promising anything about oh, that. Oh, crikey. And, and tell you what, yep. category 2W fits everything yep. in, a, in a heartbeat. There wouldn't be any of this demolition bullshit. People could choose to stay. Like when you go for an operation, you know the risks, don't you? Because you're yeah. told the risks. So you make an, a, an And if you've lived decision. through a real world experience, you know exactly. Yeah. And it would also save our, our community because 
people can now, if they want to move, they should be allowed to move and be fairly compensated because they were put through trauma that they shouldn't have been. Yeah. Um, so they can move on, and I totally think that they should be allowed to. But that land is still valuable because now it's worth something, they can sell it. So instead of the $50 million um, debt that the council's incurred because of this voluntary buyout, that wouldn't be there. This land yep. would still be valuable. People could still, if they wanted to live here, they could sell it. It's but like they want to get done. people off that particular land. What Have they got other oh, ideas? I, I think it's because Nick Pete's come in and said, this is what we're doing. The councils have been told, this is what we're doing. And that was a Labour government. Man, Okay. So Louise Parsons, Esk Valley resident, good to chat with you again, and we'll we'll uh, we won't let too much time go by before we sort of try and find out where things are at again. Maybe at the end of Feb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll let you know what's happening with the meeting, um, yeah. and we'll let you know how our lobbying goes because I'd like to talk one on one with some of these councillors. Yeah, and folks listening, you can share this interview, and um, that will inform people if you know if we want to get uh, yeah more people. Um, um, understanding what's going on in uh, the Hawks Bay at the moment. Okay, Louise, thanks for coming back to RCR. Thank you so much. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Thank you for tuning in to RCR Reality Check Radio. If you like what you're listening to, just like what you're listening to. Either way, we want to hear from you. Get in touch with us now. You can text us with your message to 2057, that's 2057, or email us at inbox at realitycheck.radio. We would love to hear from you, so connect with us today.